0: Welcome to another edition of Taste. I'm your host, Mike Farahur. And this week we welcome an old friend, Keith Brewer, just pure rock and roll, Celtic rock and roll, the best kind of rock and roll, lead singer of the legendary band Barley Juice. Strap in, it's gonna rock and it's gonna roll. Welcome to another edition of Taste. And we have a true rock and roll legend here in Keith Brewer. Uh, Keith is the main band leader, lead singer, can't take your eyes off him kind of guy in the band Barley Juice. And I haven't talked to this man in a dog's age, so I'm really looking forward to catching up. Keith, welcome. And thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks, Mike. Nice to see you, man.
0: Awesome, bud. Awesome. So let's jump into it, man. You've got a new album out, which is so exciting. The old Speakeasy. So, tell me how it came about, and uh, tell me what it would sound like. How would you describe it to a Barley Juice fan that hasn't heard it yet?
1: I would describe it as a. It could it it could have possibly been the last Barley Juice album because we started it before COVID, and uh, within the time period that it took to to record it um who you know my was my partner in the um he'd been with with it for over 20 years and he decided he wanted to retire he decided he wanted to go on and do some other things besides barley juice so i was sad to see him go and put everything on me and i kind of decided that between him and alice the fiddle player leaving um this could be and, and with covid coming in this could be the last barley juice album so i invited a lot of previous members i decided to make a big thing of it like a party of it so um i had the title the old speakeasy that i've been throwing around for a while it was a song and uh i decided to make it into one of those uh I don't know, collections of of everybody and everything that, that, that involved, that Barley Juice involved and involved Barley Juice over the past 23 years that we've been together. So if you read the credits, you'll see that there are a lot of former um, members like Shelley Weiss, the fiddle player, Billy Dominic, fiddle player, Dave Woodworth, uh, Graham Ford, Dennis and So A lot of people came back and submitted and uh, contributed.
0: If you had come to me, I would have suggested the title... The Irish Wake of Barley Juice, because I was looking, I was looking at that, and I said, "Man, you've got all you brought the, you literally brought the band back together," which I know is a uh, a rock and roll cliche. So, so am I hearing this correctly that maybe this might have started off as maybe a goodbye to Barley Juice? Have you emerged out of the recording process still thinking that this might be the the swan song of the band, or are you kind of how, how did that leave you on the other side of this?
1: I think it's, you know, it gave me the the past three years where everything has changed and sort of tried to come back and some things have been successful and some not. I think it gave me the opportunity to really look at it and reflect and think that with Swanee gone and with some of the members changing and, uh, you know, it left it on my shoulders and it sort of became a thing where, all right, this is my project now. This is, I would, I kind of would like you know, without being too egotistical sounding, too, egotistic, I would kind of like Keith Brewer to be synonymous with barley juice because I'm submitting the songs, I'm singing all the songs, I'm producing everything, and you know, I think that fans just need to know that no, I'm not necessarily closing the door on on this band, but I'm, it's going to be me, it's always going to be me, and I'm going to bring you a great band behind me and you want to hear those songs that we've been doing over the past 20 years you'll hear them so that's pretty much where it is now
0: that's great and it looks like you uh brought some of the members of the family into the band now so you've got claire claire is in there now and how's that working with uh with family i know this isn't the first time i I know you've you've helped produce was it scotland scotland was your Scotland had a band, correct? Back way back when. Yeah, well,
1: I got three daughters It's Scotland, uh, Coco, who's now goes by her first name Donnie Coco, and yep. Claire, which goes by who go now now's who goes now by Remy. They had a band called Dirty Purple that put out two wonderful rock albums. You know, everything has changed like they've been playing since they were little kids and I would grab them and throw them in the studio. They were on a lot of the earlier Barley Juice album, singing backgrounds with their mom and that kind of stuff. But yeah, now Remy is playing, has been playing drums with me for the last three years, and that's very bonding. That's very cool to have them there. Um, Scott has gone on, and she, she's doing her thing. Donnie Coco's doing her thing, and they're all still in music. It's um, so I've always kind of worked with family, and it's it doesn't stop here yeah that's great in the video uh, of mary queen of scots scotch mary queen of scotch you can see remy playing the trumpet as well as the drums which is kind of funny because at the time nobody told them that they were going to do that and i just called up and said hey man you know and, and she had put the the trumpet on the recording and I said man please put it in the video so I guess now Remy's committed
0: there you go that's awesome that's awesome so in terms of bringing the band back together and the members of the band back together over the years how did that go and you know I would imagine I I say it as a joke but probably not right it It was a bit of an Irish wake of of sorts in terms of just bringing the people back to the band. And you're in this decision point to say, is this going to keep going or is it not going to keep going? So talk to me a little bit about the contributions of the band members. Was that something that uh, rekindled things with you or because it it Um, an opportunity to kind of like make music moving forward, but also it's a, it's a nod back to the past in many ways, isn't it? Well, it
1: was nice in one way, like Dennis came back, who played bass with us, you know, the early, early years. And he submitted a song. He contributed a song, Rose of Garden City on there. And, you know, I always known like he spoke very highly of Earl Juice. Uh, you know, he was like, wow, man, you know, I really miss this band and stuff. And so I got a lot of that. Some are more, involved in others. Billy Dominic, I got back in the band because I asked him to contribute and Alice had left. So now Billy is presently the fiddle player. You know, Swanee was even, Swanee had already written a couple songs, so he's on there. Um, John Tracy, unfortunately, we actually lost John Tracy to cancer mm. in 2021. So yeah, it was really awake in in in, in some ways, you know. Uh, but he's got a couple tracks on there, you know. It really did. It kind of it 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 had a wakey feel. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, a new a new term for you, Mike. Wakey feel,
0: <laughs> as opposed to a wokey feel, which we don't.
1: feel. Yeah, I'm not going with woke anymore. There, that's we're not doing that. Not my generation, baby.
0: So let me so let me ask you around. You know, the sound of of barley juice. I know that this has been roots rock with a celtic twist that i've i've always loved uh how would you describe any difference to the sound this time around with all those contributors that you just mentioned
1: i would say roots rock with like a celtic twist
0: <laughs> i'm the writer i came up with it Can i <laughs> i can no i would i would say I, <laughs> well
1: it started i mean if you go, if you go back and you and you really like take the time to to Trace where where our beginnings were. We started out rocking up trad, pretty much like the Pogues, uh, maybe a little cleaner, you know, because we weren't quite as punk. But uh, and then once we started writing our own thing, it became our own animal. This is a continuation of that. In that, uh, there's only really I'm I'm looking at the M because I've I recorded so many albums I can't keep them straight. There's really only like two traditional songs on this entire record, everything else we wrote. So, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it's a continuation in that in that sense. You can sort of see the growth of the writing of the band in that way. And that's, it's a pretty good indication of where we are now. We really don't play a lot of, a lot of you know, sort of Dubliners doing Kaylee music anymore. We, We've kind of branched out into a rock band.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So let's talk a little bit about your roots growing up. How did, what did, what kind of fed you as a musician? What are the songs and albums that kind of defined who you are as a musician today? And then how did Celtic or Irish element come into it? Was that something that was played in the house as you were growing? No, no.
1: I grew up with church music and, and music on pop radio in the car, you know, a lot of Leslie Gore and stuff like that. Uh, but church music, because my dad was a singer and he he sang in church. I knew a lot, a lot of hymnal tunes when I was younger. And actually, you can hear it. I mean, there's a sort of resilience and a resonance, I mean, in 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 my songs with um, open chord kind of stuff. But when I started getting really involved and decided to be a musician, of course, was the British Invasion. And uh, it came from there. Like all those bands just blew me away, starting with the Beatles, of course, and the Stones and then the Kinks and then the Who and um, everybody in between. You know, I mean, even the guys that were kind of really pop, like Jerry and the Pacemakers, uh, uh, um, Hermits, Hermits you know, I listened to all that stuff. And the best part of those days, I'm sure you've talked to other people that say the same thing. The best part of the sixties was that we didn't have FM yet. So all we had was AM pop radio and we got to hear soul songs. We got to hear country songs. They were all mixed in, you know? And uh, so there was a lot of different influences that, um, that sort of guided me and I know I still remember every note and every nuance so yeah. when I started writing that's it all started coming back
0: now correct me if I'm wrong here but you and Swanee originally met as bagpipers correct you did so then how did you jump over from church music to bagpiping
1: <laughs> well he never played church music with me um But he was the one who uh, taught me to play the pipes originally. uh, My wife at the time and I had gone to Scotland after my previous band, Company Wolves, shot a video there. And we fell in love with the bagpipes and um, came home and determined to find somebody to teach us pipes. And we found uh, Swanee, who had... uh, gotten the idea from this guy Sandy um, Sinclair who was not a piper but was a Scotsman and really wanted to create a pipe band and so the whole contingent was if you yeah yeah we'll teach you how to play the pipes but you have to join the band so suddenly I'm in a pipe band and I'm wasting every holiday morning getting up at six in the morning. (laughs) St. Patty's Day, New Year's, 4th of July, you know, going to find the parade and standing there and marching in the parade. But it was trial by fire, really. Like, we really learned the pipes in that way. And then, you know, some of the guys in that pipe band were rockers. And we decided to create this little band. I I came up with the name from that traditional song, Juice of the Barley, yep. which is on the first album. And uh, we, we started playing every St. Patty's Day for a while because that's all we thought it was worth. We just thought it was fun. And then we realized that there were these other bands out there that were doing all these festivals and going all over the place. And you could do this all the time. And we're like, oh, okay. Suddenly a spark in my brain and I started writing like that. And that's when it really became... And barley juice, the touring barley juice, the the writing barley juice.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Even with the festivals now, obviously this is a really busy time. We're talking; it's early March, so you know it's head down to the end of March yeah. for this green season. But you're now seeing, obviously, the festivals were pretty big in the summer. You know those large Irish and Celtic festivals, but then. Halfway to St. Patrick's Day became a thing a few years ago. So now all of a sudden, right. just kind of rolls into September, doesn't it?
1: I know. He's Irish, though. Use any excuse. It Quarter is- of the way to St. Patty's Day. <laughs> Three quarters of the way to St. Patty's Day.
0: Just a tip. to St. Played Patrick. them all.
1: I Played them all.
0: You played them all. And we'll be right back after these messages.
2: Taste is sponsored by careerletters.com. We are in an unprecedented post-pandemic economy. Tens of thousands were laid off in the technology sector. Unemployment rate is at record lows. What to make of these conflicting economic reports? The best defense right now is a good offense, and Career Letters is here to help. Whether you're looking to switch companies, change careers, or find yourself out of a job and need that competitive edge as you look for a new one, Career letters can help you optimize your resume and professional brand on career sites like LinkedIn. Their career package is $295 and includes an updated resume that punches up keywords that get you noticed by recruiters on the job boards. It also involves formatting the resume to get past the robot eyes of the artificial intelligence AI programs that screen online applicants. Also included is a live 30-minute video chat to review the draft of the resume so that it is ready to upload for both online applications and your LinkedIn profile. More information can be found on careerletters.com.
0: And we're back with Keith Brewer from Barley Juice. And I have to say, for my money, one of the greatest Celtic irish rock songs written in the last 20 years by far is weekend irish um, i have a picture in my mind when i hear that song but i've never actually asked you this and i always wanted to mm-hmm. what was your picture of a weekend irish when you wrote that song
1: well you had to have played enough festivals and met enough irish americans
0: uh, by you the know. way this is a, this is an audio podcast so he just air quoted and i'm i oh
1: i air quoted I was, oh i didn't even have to get dressed for this
0: you didn't you'd have to get dressed no. but by the way by the way for the viewers that, are, that that can't view he's in a fetching lingerie right now and it is i know i was wondering going, why mike
1: was in a bath towel now i understand <laughs> um well, listen, it's very simple. And I think, you know, Larry Kerwan understood immediately, like, because you, these Irish people that come over here, I mean, you, you know, it's, it's it's a known fact that there are more Irish in New England than there are in Ireland, because everybody's, you know, wants to claim that they're part Irish or they're Irish. And, they, and but they have a very uh, vast and skewed view of what it what it is to be Irish and um, the whole thing with the kilt, there's a lot of things that are like, you know, the, the Irish people don't necessarily wear kilts, and, except for maybe when they uh, have, uh, you know, formal events or they march in parades or whatever. So we would see a lot of people that were dressed, air quote again, like the Irish. And I started thinking like, this is kind of cool. These are weekend Irish. These people, you know, I started calling them the weekend Irish. And then I decided to create this song. Um about these people and not putting them down at all, because for God's sake, they're having the best time in the world and the Irish are, the, are some of the best people in the world. And it's like, you know, but I really wanted to make a statement saying like, hey man, we're the weekend, and we're gonna give it all we got, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> and then we're gonna go back to work and forget all this nonsense. But anyway, that's kind of like the, you know, the meaning of the song. And I uh, think and Larry got it right away and uh, a lot of people got it and, I, and it's been, it, it has been one of our most widely used and successful songs.
0: Not to unspool this a little bit further, but I think that there's, you know, when you think about Ireland, especially, there's so many immigrants, including now recently the Ukrainians. Yeah. Uh, coming into Ireland for years, Yeah. It's so amazing to go into a pub nowadays. First of all, it's not a guarantee that an Irish person is going to be serving you the Guinness. Probably Mm -hmm. not. But Mm -hmm. when you're actually in the snug of the pub and you're listening to a traditional session or just people just pick up the instruments that are laying around, you might get a Polish person. You might get an African person. And I think that they're putting their own spin and putting their culture into some of the Irish music and it's really pretty amazing to see and then you have this romantic view of what Ireland was and the people with the tartan pants or shorts and the kilts and I would take this one step further in that I think there's a lot of pretty cool Irish bands coming along that maybe some of the older Irish festival owners again have this tunnel vision of what Irishes, but there's there's kind of cool stuff going on now that are that we're not really getting that because it's filtered through what I would call weekend Irish green glasses. So to me, it kind of resonated like it was almost a little bit of a punk rock song because you're slightly sending them up and honoring them at the same time. So
1: that's it was exactly my intentions. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because I think that they're they're also there's also a lot of really great irish culture now then and that hopefully with the internet and everything else now that we're not getting that filter through a, a festival organizer you can really hear kind of what's going on reggae i i interviewed a reggae guy that's that's doing irish reggae i i've done africalt sound system and peter gabriel's studio where it's the Celtic musicians in the Afri- oh yeah yeah so many cool things over the last 20 years that wouldn't it have been a mind blower if the Afrika Sound System went to an Irish festival? Holy crap!
1: I know. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it, it it's turned into a thing where, I mean, when you tour America, uh, playing this music it, it, to these, and you're playing to these so-called Irish fests, and they have, especially in California, man, I played some with some really crazy bands you know you 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 see it all and you and and it and it is really like a melting pot of stuff i mean what's that there's a band celtica have you seen them out Mm of uh, arizona we play with in the midwest or the west and they have the flaming bagpipes um or the
0: red hot chili pipers that's red
1: hot chili pipers i think those girls that are I forget what they call themselves, but the girls that are playing like renditions of Don't Stop Believing by Journey on bagpipes and stuff, it's going viral on uh, one of the one of the, um, formats. You know, it's turning into its own thing, you know? And I think that's what we sort of, hopefully, jumped onto early. We jumped onto that bus early. Of course, the Pogues were, what, 40 years ago. You know, you have bands like Flock and Molly, who carried that Pogues thing really closely, um, and then you have bands like us who just sort of pushed it more into a rock vein. I think it's become its own animal. When I see yeah. these people, the young people that the festivals are hiring now, that are just like punking up everything. Um,
0: I think the most I think the most punk rock thing the Pogues ever did was Turkish Song of the Damned. Yeah, it took like. They made a Turkish view, like a Turkish rhythm, traditional Turkish sound. And at the end, they sped it up into a a real, you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, you know, so even back then, I thought the pogues were ahead of its time. Anyway, so this is technically, Aished is technically a food podcast. So we have to ask you, to your point, you've been traveling around the country and you've been on both sides of the Atlantic for sure. So. When you're looking to get a good Irish feed, what are some of the favorite restaurants that come to mind for you on the road?
1: I, I actually don't I don't go for Irish food on the road. That's what you're asking. All right. So where's a good Greek diner? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in New York City, there's, you know, you can go to some of the some of those restaurants that serve some really I think it's one's called Solancia. You know, there's there's definitely traditional Irish food. I don't really look for that on the road uh, too much because that's it's at the festivals and it's at all different levels of of Irish food. So yeah, that's a that's a unique question, Mike. And I'm, I I probably didn't do a very good job.
0: you Sure, absolutely it. fine. Well, it is great to see not only you again, but it's also great to see Barley Juice be back, and it's also great to know that you're on the road. So you're at the Sellersville Theater on the 17th. You're at Looney's Pub in Bel Air on the 18th. If you're too busy to see them on St. Patrick's Day season, which can happen because there's so much to do, you can catch you guys at the Carroll County Celtic Festival, say that 10 times fast, on June 10th. And the Hooli on the Hudson on the 3rd of September. And that's what's on your website so far. But Yeah, a
1: bunch of different stuff in between, which uh, just pops up.
0: How do you... Get plugged into all things barley juice. Uh oh, how does one? How does one of your listeners? How does how does one? How does one discover <laughs> you for the first time? How does one who already knows you? How do they find you? How do they know what Keith Brewer's up to?
1: Well, Keith Brewer, K Y F B R E W E R. Come come see me on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, there's also a barley. There's also a barleyjuice.com. Um. You can you can read about a trip that we're that we're planning um, to go to England to to do like a lot of the uh, British invasion rock haunts in October by going to riffrecords.com, which is a little tougher r y f r e c o r d s riffrecords.com. Um, but basically, that's that's the easiest way. It's just just Google us, man. It just comes up. But if you but barleyjuice.com is our official website where we put all our news and we put our dates and our merchandise you can buy our music and you know uh, that's that's where you find us
0: and if you're finding looking for a good irish restaurant on the road go somewhere else other than
1: don't 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 go to barleyjuice.com because uh, i don't recommend i don't i don't recommend any irish restaurants on my page
0: that's it but you know for the right price no kidding so anyway, Keith, thank you so much. It was just so good to catch up with you again. It's so good to have new barley juice music and to have the band rocking and rolling again on the road. So I look forward to seeing you there.
1: Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having us on. Or me. Thanks for having me. Me and, on. There's nobody else. All of my personalities on.
0: You're a, as Keith Richards once said about Mick Jagger, <laughs> you're a lovely bunch of blokes. <laughs> all right, take care. All right. Thank you for listening to another edition of Taste. This podcast is brought to you through a partnership with Irish Central and produced by Barbara Farher, the smiling voice. I love you, honey. And we'll see you next week.